Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Well, hey there, everybody. It's Monday. Woo! Monday. Let's go. Baseball is is in full swing, as it were. Literally. They're swinging a bat. That's right. It's Baseball's in full swing. The Yankees, uh, did they win last night? They did not win last okay, night. Okay, so they didn't Su- win last suffered night. Suffered so their first loss. Two and one on the season. Yes, it's the, so, you know, it's going to be real nail by the, all the way to the end. Anyway, so, yeah, baseball's in full swing. Um, the Masters concluded last night, which was, uh, uh, I, I for some reason, every now and then I can just pick a winner. Like I, I can just pick a winner. Last two years, I picked the winning horse um, at the, um, the Kentucky Derby. The Kentucky Derby for two years in a row, I picked the winning horse. Now I can't remember their names now because I just it's you know. You know, if you put money on it, you probably would have remembered I because would've. you would have named something after that. You're like, oh, this is my uh, this is my something money. Right, it's the money I won at the at the horse track. Yes, at the racetrack. Yeah, at the at the track. The dog track. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's a controversial statement, controversial. as we'll get to in a minute. You got rich off of um, betting on dog races. Yeah. I mean, it could uh, be. The dog look, racing moguls. Look, you could be better. That, I will say, that is better than saying, hey, I want my money um, like dog fight betting. Well, I mean, I'm not Michael Vick, but. There's a Michael Vick joke there for you. Um, anyway, yeah, so baseball's in full swing. It's going to be a, a great season. Next season will be even better when they get rid of the stupid shift. Um, that'll be – we're not going to get back into that again. Um, anyway, welcome to the episode, everyone. We're going to – I've got a hot take right off the bat about the Masters and the the, uh, the PGA and Phil Mickelson because I think everybody needs to hear this because it is the most important issue of our time right now, whether or not Phil Mickelson is going to continue his – career on the pga but anyway so the masters it was the this week was a great finish scotty shuffler won congratulations to scotty shuffler i think he's won four of his last six starts and that includes a major because he won the green jacket uh, guess how much he's won jacob just since february of this year ten dollars ten over ten million dollars so i'm off by a little bit you're, you're missing just a few zeros there Crap. anyway i i i Remember what I told you all on Friday? I said it's going to be between Cam Smith and uh, Scotty. Well, going into go going into Sunday, it was Scotty in first place and Cam in second place. So I feel like I can pick a winner now. Uh, Cam do feel, Smith, do you feel uh, vindicated? He kind of fell apart there toward uh, on the back nine of Augusta, but you know what? I picked the winner, and that's all that matters. So I actually I sent you a screenshot when they finished up Saturday of the first and second place. I said, "Don't doubt me." And then and then and then and you remember remember what I re- responded back with? What? Why don't you put any money on them? I know, I know. Well, I, I'm I'm not really big into gambling, uh, but anyway, um, no one's big into gambling unless they win. Okay, if you win, if, then if you're losers, big into yeah. gambling. Okay, let's just be real. Yeah. So uh, so Scotty won, and he's from Texas. You know what that means, Jacob. Yeah. It means next year's champion series is going to be Texas barbecue, baby. That's Woo! what I'm talking about. Get some brisket up in there. It, well, it's Georgia, so they'll, they'll 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 be happy with that. But anyway, but the, one of the big stories from this week um, at Augusta was the the absence of Phil Mickelson. 
in the that's com- what I was saying in the comments that uh, that were swirling around the questions that were being asked of the uh, the commissioner down there at Augusta National. I, I think his name is Fred Fred Ridley Fred Riley. I th- I, it doesn't matter. The question was, was Phil disinvited because of his comments that he made about the PGA and the Saudi Golf League and how, uh, and it's really amazing since Phil had come up with that statement about the Saudis and their Golf League, how everyone's just completely disowned him. No one wants anything to do with him. Phil Nicholson who? Who? Yeah. But then when we talk about who's the CEO of the Saudi Golf League, Greg Norman, everyone's like, oh, we still love Greg. He's great, even though he's actively working for them. Never mind any of that. But anyway, so Phil wasn't there on uh, this week. Now, if you are a past champion, you can play the Masters. Uh, you're, you, there's an open invitation you can play whenever you want. So, like, even though Jack Nicholas is in his mid-80s, he can still play if he wanted to. Same thing with Gary Player, three-time champion. Um, now, Phil is also a three-time champion at, the, at Augusta, so he can play anytime he wants, right? Because you still see uh, Masters champions like VJ and Bernhard Longer and all these guys. They still go out and play because they can't, like Fred Couples for another example. Um, but Phil wasn't there this year. In, in the press conference on Wednesday, they, the question was asked, was he disinvited? And the answer was no. He wasn't disinvited. He told the PGA and the Masters that he wasn't going to go because – he didn't want to cause a big hubbub and a big scandal, whatever. My take on the whole Phil Mickelson thing and the Saudi Golf League is it's a bunch of nonsense. People are making a big deal about nothing. You can dislike what he said about Jamal Khashoggi being killed by the Saudis. They have terrible human rights uh, records. The Saudis do. You can, you can, you can believe all of those things. You can believe all of the things that you want to believe about the Saudis. Yes, they are not good people. But the the real problem here is is that what's what the Saudi Golf League is creating with the help of Greg Norman, who is another legend of the sport, is competition to the PGA. And not everything Phil said about the PGA was wrong. The way they treat players and how much they take from winners and the way they do things is sometimes it's not, you know, a lot of people don't like it, but no one talks about it because, well, they're the only game in town. What happens is when the P is when the, the LIV, the live, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know why they're calling it that, but when they're coming out now that they have tour dates and they're, I think the average purse for an event is like over $20 million. Now, even at a major event like the masters, the purse is only like $15 million. So the winner could potentially walk away with, in a Saudi league event, like over like $5 million. So it's a chance for these other players who are not very well known to go out and make some money because the big name players want to stay in the PGA. Well, I mean, that makes a little, it makes, that does make some sense for these other lesser known players to go and make some money. But everyone has decided that we can't have this. This is a bad thing. Well, I think it's a good thing for some competition. And, um, and, you know, I, I I am not going to crucify Phil Mickelson for what he said about the Saudi Golf League. Um, all the people who are pearl-clenching and hand-wringing all of this, oh, well, the Saudis, oh, my God. Uh, but if anyone knew just how closely tied the U.S. government is to the Saudis, it would make, your, it would make their brains explode. The very fact that uh, the value of the U.S. dollar is, in, is uh, <laughs> intimately tied to the Saudis 
um, is like, well, you know, that's one thing that they don't want to talk about. It's like the the, the value, the, the money that all these people have in their bank accounts is tied to the Saudis. Like, did you know that? Of course you didn't, right? So it's perfectly okay for Obama, the Obama, Bush, and Trump administration to sell them weapons. That's perfectly okay. No questions about that. No one cares about that, right? We can sell them all the weapons they want. Our currency can be tied to their government, to their 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 kingships or their uh, um, their former government. That's perfectly fine. No one has any questions about that. We can support them in in the genocide in Yemen, right? That's perfectly okay. No questions about that. But then the moment someone says, "Hey," They're ha- they're ha- they have their own golf league. Maybe we can make some more money over there, and maybe that might cause the PGA to, you know, correct some of the things that they're doing wrong. Oh, you're 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 excusing the human rights abuses. You're you are on the side of the Saudis. That's so preposterously ridiculous. It's it's mind numbing, and to hear all of these sports uh, broadcasters talk about how oh well Phil's got to he's got to apologize. He doesn't apologize for anything. You people will sit there and be quiet and say nothing when the Obama and Trump administration sell the Saudis weapons. Sell them weapons that they used to persecute people, that they're using in genocides. No questions asked there. And don't give me this, oh, well, you know, well, they kill, they kill journalists. Really? Come on. The United States had a torture program during the Iraq War. You know, we, we've, we've banished... Uh, Edward Snowden into exile in Russia. Look how look how they treated look how they treat Glenn Greenwald or Chelsea Julian Manning, Assange. Julian Assange, right? So when it comes to the freedom of speech, we ain't any better with these whistleblowers <clears throat> and journalists who expose the truth of what's going on with the U.S. government does. Now I'm not saying we're throwing gays off rooftops. We we don't do that, but we will bomb the crap out of brown people. So don't so don't give me this morally righteous. Oh well, we're better than them. Well, when it comes right down to it, there's really no difference in how the American government acts versus the Saudi government. There's not there's not a there's not a big difference. Now we don't overtly kill gay people, but we have bombed hundreds of thousands of people. So the idea that well, you know you you can't criticize the you know you, you know you shouldn't be in bed with the Saudis. We are in bed with the Saudis. <laughs> Like that's it's stupid, and that that's not me saying that that's not me justifying anything. That's just the that's just a reality, right? If you any of these people who are who are you know being anti Phil Mickelson and who are you know who hate the Saudis, just look up the petrodollar. Take a ten minute Google search and read about the petrodollar, and you will quickly realize that your standard of living is very closely tied to the Saudis. And you're like, oh, wait a second, we kind of need those people. We kind of need them to keep to keep using our dollar to buy oil, or else this whole thing comes crashing down. <laughs> so check yourself before you wreck yourself, folks. And uh, on, and then of course too, Gary Player, who is another legend of the sport, he too is being criticized because he's talking about how Phil made a mistake, which you can look at it that way, fine. But he says that um, every everybody makes mistakes, and you know he is expressing sympathy for Phil, and he's saying he's being crucified right now, which he absolutely is. Like, they're talking about banning him from the sport over this stuff, which is absolutely insane. It's stupid. You know, the most popular players of 
of golf in general. We were talking about the the most popular players. You're looking like Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicholas, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson. Those are the the guys. Like with baseball, it's like what Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Derek Jeter, Mike Trout. You know, those four guys. That is the sport, right? And you're gonna throw out one of the greatest guys who's bringing people into the sport because something he said that you don't like. No, Phil Mickelson should not be canceled. He should not be crucified. They should bring him back in because he is big money for the sport, right? He just came off of a win in 2021 at the PGA Championship at 50 years old. That's never been done before. The people love him, and the people are willing to forgive him. The PGA, just get over yourself. Get over yourself. This isn't. This is nothing. Anyway, I think I think I've gone on too long about that. What do you think, Jacob? I don't know anything about golf, and I don't claim to have any knowledge of it. So, sure. <laughs> okay, that's I'm gonna leave it. I'm sure there'll be some people who disagree with me, but you know what? I'm right. You're wrong. Go pound sand. Anyway, it's pretty. That's pretty. Pretty a bold statement. There. Wait. All right, so where do you want to go now, Jacob? You want to talk about some ghost guns? You want to talk about the uh, the, the mask mandates in Philly? You want to you talk know, about- you have those mask mandates coming back out. The first, what, the first city to, to bring them back? Yes. So um. the Philadelphia Public Health is announcing due to COVID, inc- due to increasing COVID-19 cases, the Philadelphia government will move to level two mask uh, precautions beginning today in order to provide a one-week education period for businesses. Masks will be required in all indoor public spaces as of Monday, April 19th, 2020. So the health commissioner, Dr. Cheryl Bigadigo, B-E-T-T-I-G-O-L-E, Sure. Dr. Cheryl uh, said that mass precautions begin Monday, but in order to provide one-week education one week education period for businesses. Didn't we go through two years of mask education? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what there needs to be educated on. That's, that's a little confusing. So at that time, residents will be asked to report any businesses not complying with the mandate to 2311. Why not just call 911? Because this is a pandemic after all. So average new cases per day are less than 225. Hospitalizations are less than 100. Cases have increased by more than 50% in the last 10 days. So um, I don't know if, if, uh, if people have realized this, but um, also on in April, the federal government is, is lifting the mask requirement on airplanes. Are they in, in April? Yes. I, so this month they're going yeah, to so lift Yes, this month it? they're lifting the mandate for airplanes so what happens when you cross over into the commonwealth of pennsylvania do you have to put one on once you cross the the border when you land in in philly do you have to put one on then yeah i don't know <laughs> will, will the will the captain or the or the flight attendant come come on over the intercom and say we have now crossed into pennsylvania please put on your mask <laughs> well my because th- the air's different up here <laughs> well my thing is i don't i don't know if there's any other I haven't seen these increases because every metric that I look at, unless they're looking at a certain county, which I mean, sure, you can have increases in in, in counties and on on smaller um, population sizes. But across the nation, you know, we're approaching all time lows for COVID cases, all time lows for hospitalizations and deaths. We're I mean, we're we're fast approaching like um Hold on, I'm pulling pulling the the um, to New York Times data up. 
Yeah, so the past two weeks, deaths have plummeted 28%. You know, there's been a 3% increase over the last two weeks in cases, but, I mean, 3%, gosh, considering on where we were. Yeah, considering you know, we were in, what, March of 2021? Well, not just that, but just look at where we were in December and, and, and January with with um, um, Omicron. I mean, we're quickly approaching all-time low cases on all, on all metrics, so I, I I don't know. I, I, I find it very very strange that people are are wanting to go backwards, and I don't know if people are going to go along with it. But who's asking for this? Is anybody in Philadelphia asking for this? Because if you were concerned about the spike in cases, you then could, you were always going to wear a mask. You were always going to wear a mask, or you could just elect to stay home. And so they're going to be re- requiring these in all indoor public spaces, including schools, child care, businesses, restaurants, and government buildings. So basically anywhere you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, are, the, are the good people of Philly just going to roll over on this one? Like, we can't, we can't be going backwards. We've, we've done two years of this. You lied to us about this about the about the the virus and the response to it and how we got to do all these things we got to lock down we got to mask up right that clearly didn't work when we, we look at the grand scheme of things now we have reports coming out which is the one i sent you about how um how the states how the um the big lockdown states and like like new york new jersey uh california all did worse in every area of life. When you look at mortality, education, the economy, the big areas of life, they all did worse than other states. So it's clearly evident that states like Florida, South Dakota, Utah, Georgia, you know, a lot of the southern states, they did infinitely better than the than the big lockdown states. So I I don't know what I don't know what numbers they're looking at because we can clearly see how all the states that so the quote unquote followed the science like California, New York, New Jersey, all did worse. And it, when it's adjusted for population density and adjusted for uh, like uh, health risks like like obesity and diabetes and when all the factors are are put in place and taken into account, it's still clearly evident. That the states that didn't lock down as harsh, who didn't impose mandates as, you know, forceful as other states did, they did better. And in this report, too, I was reading through it, and the amount of time that was lost. So, school closures, this is from the report, um, which I'll, we'll link to below. Um, one of the guys is Steve Moore from the Heritage Foundation. He's on Fox News sometimes. Um, but he was a part of this report. And school closures may ultimately prove to be the most costly public decision of the pandemic era in both economic and mortality terms. One study found that school closures at the end of the previous 2019-2020 school year are associated with 13.8 million years lost of life. That's that's staggering. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the amount of kids now who are having to go back or being held back in grades because... They lost so much time in school. They don't. They don't. Some of them don't know how to read, or they're just barely able. They're just barely scraping by on how to read and do basic stuff that kids learn in school. I mean, that's so much time that all that time is lost. You know, if we're going back to mask mandates, which if there's a mask mandate, that means a lockdown probably ain't too far away. If we're going back to that, then 
all of these cities are just going to slide further and further into decline. And if the people don't say no to this, I mean, that was a running theme of this show for the longest time. It's just, just say no. Pull a Nancy Reagan and just say no. Just say no, guys. Just say no to drugs. Just say no to mask mandates. Just say <clears throat> no to lockdowns. Don't let this happen again because we know the the evidence is overwhelming. The other, like several, what was it like a few months ago? We went through that study that uh, that the, um, the 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 cases were overinflated in in England. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, that the the deaths the deaths were overinflated. The deaths were overinflated because whenever they looked at there was a Freedom of Information Act over there. I forget what it's called, but it's the same thing. As essentially, you request information from the government, and they release that. Uh, I think it was only fifteen percent to twenty percent. My numbers are wrong. Go back at the episode. I'm pretty sure we we talked about it in the episode a few months ago. Um, that only twenty. I think it was only fifteen to twenty percent of all deaths actually can be solely tr- contributed um, to COVID nineteen and weren't due to something else. Um, and, you know, and this. Whenever we talk about stuff like this, whenever whenever we mention um, uh, lockdowns, we mention mask mandates, stuff like that, um, people like to be very quick to judge and say, "Oh, well, you're just well, then you're just for the virus, Jacob, and you just are for people 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 dying, you're, you're and you don't death. and you don't take this thing seriously, and you don't have any um, sympathy or any." Um, Feelings for people that have been affected by that. Uh, no, trust me, the the the, the direct opposite. Um, people people that I know um, personally have been have been very negatively affected by this. Um, but that but, but that doesn't mean that I think that the government should um, basically go totalitarian as a result. And as what we can see right now, um, not save that that many lives. So, yes, this is a case where you can hold two positions at the same time. You can say, yes, I, I, I'm right there with, with, with people who have suffered for it. My heart goes out to them, um, you know, and I, I will, I will um, uh, show, you know, I will mourn with the people that have been negatively affected by this. Um, but at the same time, though, I'm not going to – that is not by, – by taking the position that – that the virus is serious and that people have died from it and have been very negatively affected by it does not therefore in turn mean the government should do what it did uh, March 2020. That's a false a false equivalency there. Um, I think though that unfortunately that has been hijacked um, that if you if you to the only way to show sympathy, the only way to to truly take this seriously is to be for lockdowns and to be for um, for mask mandates and look that that doesn't mean that i'm not for doesn't mean that that i'm necessarily against um the wearing of masks never never on this show have we ever said um don't wear a mask i i we've never ever go back we've we've done hundreds of hours of, of content about this and never once did we say do not wear a mask never once did we say that did we call into question some of the efficacy and some of the numbers that are being pulled around yes but we've never said at any point not to wear one and we've never advised people not to to take whatever personal steps they feel necessary we've always said that hey maybe giving the government power and police power to arrest people for not wearing one um, because we don't have all the numbers on, of this stuff yet, um, maybe we should um, not be doing that. Or maybe we shouldn't be publicly shaming people who, who might be skeptical of, 
the fact that you um, can be arrested in some places and thrown into a box for not covering your face in public. Uh, maybe we should be looking at that. Um, but no, we, we, we th- I think the think that's a very uh, well, I think my position has always been, okay, whether or not they work or don't work, I'm not smart enough to determine that. There's a lot of evidence that says they don't. A lot of, a lot of evidence suggests that they do. I've always said it shouldn't be a mandated. It should not it be It should mandated. not have been mandated, and that's that's been the long position of this show and of this platform. I've, I've talked about it in my sub stack. The, 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 the stance of this show has always been no to mandates, but you should if make your own decisions. You, if you want to go for it, like I, I've I've never <clears throat> the only time that I've been like that I've made fun of somebody wearing a mask um, was if they're like alone in their car and they're wearing one, or if they're jogging. I saw one of those today. I, I saw one of those today too. I uh, I've also seen people jogging on the side of the road by themselves wearing one. Um, yes, that'll I have no problem making fun of someone like that, but. You know, if you want to wear one, there's people that I know that still wear one, and it's cool. Like, yeah. I, I don't – that's not my call. That That's not my decision. That's the, I have no room to sit there and be like, oh, well, that's stupid because it's not. It, it's their personal decision, and I, and, and I, 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 and I, like, I will respect that decision because uh, that has no bearing on the way I live my life. If they want to do that, that is cool. I will respect that. Um, and you know, but wearing one in your car by yourself, sorry, I, I, I can't, I would love to, f- even the most, uh, pro man mask mandate people find me a study <laughs> that shows <laughs> that you're going to um, save a life, um, by wearing one in your car. Uh, and, and if you find me a study <clears throat> that says that I will, uh, walk back everything so I've said. I want you to react to something. And I, I, I just came across this. It came out about an hour ago. Okay. I want you to react to this. All right. So I hope you're ready for this. Regarding those mitigation efforts, I, I want to get your reaction to something that was written, an op-ed in the, in the Washington Post by Dr. Uh, Leanna Wen, a former oh. public health official. She oh, writes, gross. quote, at this point in the pandemic, we have to accept that infections will keep occurring. During the winter Omicron surge, almost half of Americans contracted the coronavirus. The new Omicron subvariant BA2 is even more contagious. The price to pay to avoid coronavirus infection is extremely high. Some Americans might choose to continue to pay that price, but I suspect most won't. And at this point, are we at the the point where we have to accept there is going to be risk, there are going to be continued infections, um, and uh, the, the cases, thanks to the prevalence of the vaccine, won't be as serious. We can kind of get back to normal lives knowing that there's a risk out there. You know, John, I think she Dr. Wen articulated that pretty well. There will be, and we've said this many times, even in our own discussions between you and I, that there will be a level of infection. This is not going to be eradicated, and it's not going to be eliminated. And what's going to happen is that we're going to see that each individual is going to have to make their calculation of the amount of risk that they want to take in going to indoor dinners and going to functions, even within the realm of a green zone uh, 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 map of the country where you see 
everything looks green, but it's starting to tick up. So you're going to make a question and an answer for yourself, for me as an individual, for you as an individual. What is my age? What is my status? Do I have people at home who are vulnerable that if hold I on, bring the virus on. home? Hold on. Wait, there's, there's 10 more seconds. Okay. There may be a problem. So we're at that point where, in many respects, she's correct, that we're going to have to live with some degree of virus in the community. Hold on. Okay. Okay. Dr. Fauci. If you, if you would have said that February or March 2020, you would have been labeled pro-virus, pro-death, grandma killer, anti-vax, anti-mask, all these labels. You you would have, you would have been, yes, you would have been on the side of the virus, whatever the heck that's supposed to mean. If I would have said what Dr. Fauci just said, and I did say this back in March, and I, and I was labeled a grandma killer and a grandpa killer and, a, and a, a killer of the obese and whatever else, I was labeled all these things personally to my face. So, yes, these have all been said to me at some point. Um, or or, that, or that, I, that I don't care if people die from this. Like, what, what the heck is that supposed to mean? Um, that I, I can't have sympathy for someone because I don't think that the government should be controlling every aspect of your life in this situation that I can't have sympathy for those that die. That's sorry. You don't get to, you don't, you don't get to own sympathy and the, so moral argument here, but you know, what's great is I was saying that back in March, we were both saying that back in March, you know, I can even point back. I can point back to January. January before we even had any conversations of masks or locking down or anything before there was anything that happened life was going on as normal we were going to concerts uh, heck I went to a concert in February 2020 um, before we were doing anything before anything happened and this thing started to come out and there were rumblings of hey maybe we should close businesses and maybe we should stay home for a few days and I said I said no I said we no you can't do it because um, it's not proven to stop this thing. We don't know what this thing is. And I said, second of all, you will destroy the economy. I said that back in January. And people were like, oh, you're not taking this thing seriously. People could die from this thing. And, and, I, and then I said in March and April, you can go back to the very earliest episodes of the show. The episode number one, I think, is entitled Elon Musk, COVID-19, and Tiger King or something like <laughs> yeah, that. It's episode yeah, yeah, one of true, his podcast is titled that. We said that this is all about individual choice at the at the, the from the from the very beginning of that. Um, I but you know what's most uh, appalling in that statement he just made about you know people making their individual choices. Didn't he just say a few months ago that America's spirit of freedom and individuality is great, but now it's time for you to do what you're told? Yes. Screw you, Fauci. You can't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Now, the the most the the, the most disgusting thing about this is that all the all the Fauci lovers, the Fa- the Fauci first team, will all well, say, not be like, oh, well, of course, it's oh, time of course, for that's always been that's always been it's the, always the been your individual choice. Yeah, and they'll forget about the the fact that he said, you know, we have to strip away people's freedom because you know. The virus is out there. No, screw you, Fauci. Why is anyone still giving this guy time on air? Why is anyone listening to him? He, again, like, I, like I've said a thousand times, he has taken every position possible on COVID. Pro-lockdown, anti-lockdown, pro-mask, anti-mask, anti-individual choices. Now he's pro-individual choices. 
the guy has you can't trust him you can't trust anything he says nothing he has said has been true nothing but if you take every position on 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 a situation you you have no position you know this is i think i think ultimately this is not a new a new thing and what what i mean by that is um there was a great thing that Michael Malice said. Um, it was it, it was right after Biden um, won 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 um, the election, and um, it was a live stream he did. And someone commented saying that um, will Biden declare victory over COVID, or, or will Biden beat COVID, or something like that, along those lines of predictions for Biden's administration. And Michael Malice is like. Biden can declare victory over COVID whenever he wants. He can come out tomorrow and said we've we've beat the thing, time to go back to normal, and people people will do it. So you know, in in the large respects, that's kind of what's happened. Um, that they have just decided that hey, we're I mean, to to be fair, you know, the whole situation in Ukraine and Russia that's kind of distracted a lot of people away from the attention so much so that i'm not surprised the new york times hasn't taken down their their up their daily updated charts of the cases and deaths and stuff but if if you do notice it is pretty funny that all of the major states uh who were still having some type of restriction uh, almost within days of one another just just started just stopped just started dropping many started dropping restrictions um, it's almost like they have an election to win. It's almost like, hey, you know, um, the pandemic basically won Biden the election because uh, that in January sixth. Well, Jan- well, that happened, that happened that afterwards. Happened. So, honestly, Trump lost the election because of the pandemic, and I think that I have no evidence to back this up. Well, but no, I think though, but I think though that there was honestly some. I don't have any evidence. Shenanigans. Like there, there was some concerted effort. I do believe to perpetuate the lockdowns and to perpetuate the destruction of the economy to help Biden. Because, you know, as, as much as people might may say, "Oh, that's a conspiracy theory," Jacob. True, it, it is a conspiracy theory. Because I don't have any evidence to back it up. But you know, the fact that red states basically stayed open and economies did better, and blue states did did worse. Um, and there was a message of, well, this is Trump's fault, even though, even though for some reason people say that this is Trump's fault, even though every, every nation on earth dealt with this to some degree, um, even though, even the heaviest lockdown states, look at, look at, look at China, China's having a resurgence right now. Um, Australia had a surge. So everybody, everybody failed. If, if keeping the virus out of the country was success, then everyone, and then every nation failed, including Trump. So yeah, I think that's funny. Um, the fact that more deaths and more cases occurred under Biden, I think, is pretty funny too. Um, you know, under the same amount of time, and that's of course, and he came into office as a vaccine was being distributed. Well, it was after yeah. after the vaccine was already available. But you know, now that now that people are seeing poll numbers, now that people are seeing that it's not looking too good for Democrats in November. Uh, you know, the fact that. Business can't be open. People can't go and do these things. Um, I think it's very unpopular. I think they're quickly realizing that declaring victory over this only helps us. You know, we had this message of, well, we well we beat something that Trump and the Republicans couldn't beat. 
Uh, and I think, though, that honestly, it's not surprising that Dr. Fauci is saying it's like it's not surprising that Dr. Um, Selena, whatever her, her whatever, Selena whatever her face is, saying the same thing, too. These are people that three months ago were the hardest lockdowns and saying that we need to give up personal freedoms and responsibilities and this this individualism needs to be thrown out. Whereas, well, you free know, choice. free choice was now free association. Now he's like, hey, maybe now we need to go ma- back, to go that. back to that. Well, we can now go back to it. Yeah. Uh, it's not surprising at all. Well, I mean, it was only a matter of time. Mm-hmm. It was only a matter of time because, you know, for the people who are still living like hermits, well, uh, I, I think, I think, you can't, I think I, they always will. I think you can't. I don't think you can do that forever, but I think some people will most certainly try. I think some people, honestly, Joe, I think some people always will. There, there are some people. And it's amazing to see how people like Fauci and others were able to break these people. They were able to get them to believe that uh, if they did these certain amount of things, that they would automatically be clothed with a cape and be labeled as, as some kind of, you know, societal hero. Well, that's well, that's the issue. You, you you basically gave everybody. I mean, everyone everyone already had a mask. You just gave them a cape. Yeah. Um, and said that you're on the right side of history. You're the one that they're saving lives. It's kind of the same thing now with the uh, with the so Ukraine that you're on the side of democracy and freedom if you support. If you had the 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 flag in your bio on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, you're on the you're on the hero. You're on, you're on the right side. Uh, no, does not surprise me, and it doesn't surprise me if, you know, I think they've already they've said it without saying it that we've that we've declared victory over this. That it's no longer to get no longer going to control our lives. And honestly, prepare to hear less and less about it. Just just you might hear little snippets every now and then, but be be, be prepared to hear less and less. You know, Fauci, there was a piece I wrote not that long ago where he said we might have to see more restrictions. And now he's saying that... Time to go back to normal. Back to normal. Um, so, you know, I, I just... just Prediction is, especially as we get more and more closer to uh, November, just to hear less and less about COVID. We're just, just going to... Well, yeah. And if they do talk about it, they'll say how, you know, Biden administration yeah. fixed everything. Yes, we, Trump yes, we beat it. it all up. Yes, we beat it. Um, yeah, that's what's going to happen. Well, and it's it's funny too for a lot of these people in red states that they are like, well, you know, we stopped doing that a long time ago, and mm-hmm. you red states are finally getting up with the times here. Yeah, blue states, blue states, not red states, blue states. Um, so everyone thought, and I most certainly did as well, that uh, that the the uh, the 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 Doge King himself would be appointed to the to the board of Twitter, of the Tweety. Uh, well, that certainly looks like that isn't the case now. You know, that leads a lot of people to uh, to assume or to theorize or to speculate that Elon is going to be doing a Spanish Inquisition of the Twitters, because the CEO of Twitter, I which I told you this was going to happen, that they, that they would automatically butt heads, because the CEO of Twitter is a monster. He is a woke. Uh, Neanderthalic monster, um, and it's it's not a surprise that the two of them, at, upon first, uh, I would assume upon, upon first meeting, uh, would butt heads because Elon doesn't come across as um, someone like the CEO of Twitter. You know, you understand what I'm saying? No, I do. I can't remember the guy's name because it's that forgettable. Uh, but he basically told Elon, "Look." You own you you own you own the outstanding most shares of Twitter, but here's the deal: you can't buy any more. You can't buy more than like fourteen percent, I think, is what it is. Uh, 
you you cannot make changes immediately. You can't do this, that, and the other. So by him not going on the board is basically him saying, look, I'm, I own the most amount of shares here. I don't need your approval. In fact, if I, I think if Elon puts like 10% of his entire net worth uh, into Twitter, he will own it. And that's where a lot of people think that he's going with this, is that because he was, because he probably saw that him joining the board on Twitter would basically be a trap as to now, well, he's responsible and he can be held responsible uh, by shareholders um, if they if he starts doing things they don't like. And he says, okay, well, if I do that, that's a trap, which was very smart on his part because I could already see it happening. Uh, as soon as he were to be on the board, they would immediately try to remove him any way possible. Like, they don't like Elon. And a lot of things that he was proposing and a lot of things that he was saying on Twitter are, are right. The fact that the, the Twitter's model is dying. Twitter is a dying uh, social platform. It wasn't until it got the, uh, the adrenaline shot from Trump that it survived. And now that he's off of Twitter, well, now it's, it's spiraling out of control. And Elon is recognizing this, and he's saying this publicly. But no one at Twitter wants to hear it. And they're, they're shocked, the fact that, that he's saying this, and, he, and the fact that he's right. And he's calling them out on their BS and their model that they're using as far as their business model. And he's saying, you want it, you want this, you want this to survive? Well, here's what you got to do: you got to bring people like Trump and Alex Jones back. You got to stop with the aggressive algorithm and basically destroying people's brains with just showing them what they want to, he- you know, just showing them, you know, the carefully ar- or uh, ar- carefully curated, curated uh, uh, content. You got to stop doing that. Actually, embrace freedom of speech in uh, just allowing people to say what they want to say on the Tweety. Well, Mr. What's-His-Name? I thought you had his picture up. Agarval? Agarval? Prague Agarval? Whatever his name is? Well, he and his he, he and his posse, they're not down with that cause. So, wh- what I hope happens, and I don't know if Elon wants to do this, but I, I kind of hope it happens. I hope he liquidates more Tesla stock, and he and he uh, he lands a Falcon Nine right on the steps of the uh, the offices there at Twitter and comes out of the uh, of the Dragon co- uh, capsule and says, "I'm taking this baby over. Ain't nothing you can do about it." I hope he buys the company and turns it into something that what, what social media should be. Well, he doesn't even have to do that necessarily. I mean, he could do. I mean, he could buy the company on debt. Um, and you know, do a hostile, hostile takeover that way. Uh, by him not joining the board, what that says to me is that he's not going to play ball with them. You know, because typically whenever you join the board, you're you're there to be cooperative. You're there to vote on play the game, play the game with them. Um, by him refusing to join the board, what that tells me is that he is not going to play ball with them. He is not going to play by the rules and he's not going to be bound by the laws of the committee where you can only do so much um, as a major shareholder what also proves that he's not just in it for the money either no and you know it'd be very Which I easy never thought from the it'd beginning. be very easy for him to just sit on the board vote yay or nay on certain uh, m- motions that come through and just collect a check um you know that'd be very easy for him to do i don't like i i this 
this confirms by you know he did or it was earlier reported that he was going to join uh, the board of directors where that's not the case now this just furthers my thought that he is here for something bigger than just this now as far as a hostile takeover what that would mean you know i i think theoretically you have to have 51 percent to do a hostile takeover i'm not don't quote me on that but you know, controlling one-tenth of a company is pretty major, and it wouldn't take him that much more to uh, essentially run the company, essentially own it. Uh, I, I don't know what the... I'm not sure what the board of directors' shares are. I'm not sure what, the, what, what that exactly equates to. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think it would take much to just buy up a couple board of directors' shares, you know, on 30% of... Twitter and at that point there's not a whole lot else that they can do to stand in his way of whatever he wants to do um, from from that point but you know to increase uh, his you know to, to increase his, his his ownership of course he'd have to you know file, file for the the SEC and stuff like that I do know that Twitter uh, shares did drop today whenever he announced that he was not going to be joining the board, I think, as people realize that this is not, um, this is not a friendly move, um, if that makes any sense. But, you know, we're gonna see. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what he's gonna do because I really, I, I honestly think that this things th- things will get dicey. Things are gonna get crazy here for Twitter for a while, and I think the party's up for all these people who thought that they were going to just, um run this run this platform super woke and appease the um, other big tech giants and, and the federal government and basically whatever they want to do and let them be the mouthpiece of the cathedral uh, maybe that time's up you know I don't know I don't know if, if Elon's gonna make it make things worse that's entirely a possibility sure um, but, well, I mean, I, I, but I, I don't well. see that I see him um, as as somebody who's very active, and especially for someone who's very abrasive on Twitter and controversial on Twitter, I don't see him um, going more woke or going more authoritative. Well, yeah, that, on that's there. my point because the people that run Twitter and, and Twitter itself is basically just the Jim Jones cult. Uh, they're just waiting to start drinking the Kool Aid. So I don't know how it could, I don't know how it could get any worse. Like mm-hmm. Twitter is already a cesspool of of uh, demonic. Uh, forces and of you know demented uh, mentally ill people who find their identity and their amount of followers and the clicks and the traction and engagement that they get so I I don't I don't know how it could get any worse and you know being who Elon is and having listened to a lot of the things that he said in the past you know what he's probably been on Rogan for what over nine hours or whatever it is now something like that uh, he doesn't. He doesn't strike me as a Jeff Bezos or you know, a Klaus Schwab or or any of these uh, any of these people who we who we might deem as our mortal enemies. He doesn't strike me as that kind of person. He strikes me as a a, a, a kind of a lot like Trump, but just smarter. If that makes any sense. No, it makes sense. Very bombastic, flamethrower. But I think with Elon, he's read a few more books and he knows a little bit more about business or he knows a little he knows a little more about today's business world uh in technology and social media and, the, and its impact and its importance that someone like someone from trump's era may not quite understand 
because as we know, Trump doesn't even use his own social media platform. Uh, it was Twitter a bust for the for the Donald. Um, but you know, I I, I keep a, keep in a close eye on what's going on over there at the Tweety. Um, so I, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure what else. I mean, I, could he? Is it technically possible for him to? buy enough and just take over is that, that yeah is i mean that's possible and i think that by him not joining the board it's signaling that he's not going to just 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 be a normal board of director and just sit there and just you know appease them or he's not he's not going to be cooperative he's he's going to he's be abrasive he's going to be abrasive and he's going to you don't look. You don't just buy this much stake in a company without a plan. It's not how business works. It's not like he didn't do it on a whim. Musk didn't wake up one day and be like, "Hey, you know, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna drop a couple billion dollars on a dying platform that I use a lot." No, he he was persistent and he was intentional in what he did, and I think that he has some type of plan i don't know what that what that would mean um i I don't know if i like the idea of one person solely owning twitter like that um even if it is someone like elon musk who i think does have good intentions for the platform just based on his past behavior with it and uh some of the things that he's voiced about freedom of speech and about open dialogue and platforms uh, and I think that he is very, uh, just from what I've heard on his stuff with Rogan and stuff, and uh, even on when he's been on with Lex, uh, Lex, Lexa Friedman's podcast, um, he just seems like a very open guy for discussion, and is you know trying to take in all these inf- all this information and make the best decision possible. Uh, that's just what he strikes me as. Um, well, I think his biggest selling point is that he's not the other side. No, and I and and he doesn't. And again, this move sentiments my my thought that he's doing. There's something bigger in the works here. You know. Now, granted, let I don't know what the market cap of Twitter is. So if you just look at market cap of Twitter, hold on. It's I know it's several hundred billion. I think is what Twitter's market cap is. So Twitter's market cap right now is 40 billion. It's only 40 billion, okay. So if Musk owns 10% of it, then that means he owns about uh about what 4 4 billion dollars of the company. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, theoretically it it really wouldn't be that much of his net worth that he have to dump into it. Now obviously he'd have to dump some ownership of Tesla. I don't know how much of Tesla he owns. It's not as much as you think it is. How much Tesla stock? Hold on. Does Elon own? It's not so... uh, Hold on. He owns about 20% of Tesla, which is honestly probably... It's probably about what... I uh well okay so he owns twenty percent so what's twenty percent of what what tes- what Tesla's what I'm saying though is that like he is obviously the controlling f- I mean I'm not not because he's just CEO of of um Tesla because I mean obviously that has a lot of saying a lot of uh, power in that position but because he is the the you know some majority shareholder of that company um. But I don't think it would take him that much 
more to to be the to be the the overwhelming controlling shareholder of Twitter. It it, it is not going to take him that much capital. What if it's only worth thirty? Because this is saying thirty seven billion dollars right now is what um, Twitter is worth. You know, if he owns ten percent of that right now, so he owns three point seven. Let's just say billion dollars. You know, what's another another? If he if he doubles that, twenty percent, you own a fifth of a company. Gosh, you, you really call you really call you call, call the, the shots. shots there. Yeah. So I mean, if he own, let's say he bought twenty five percent, right? He owns twenty five percent of the Tweety. Could he technically push out? The CEO and all these and these other people, or do you have to buy them out? You know, I'm not sure about that. I I, I don't know. I'm not the most well versed on how corporate structure, co- corporate structure works. As much people I think as much much people think I am. I'm not as I'm not as I don't. Okay, I don't know enough to give you a definite answer on that. But I know that if you are the a majority shareholder like that, you basically call the shots. Um, to a certain degree. You had the loudest voice in the room. The loudest voice in the room. So that's I, – I, at this point, I, I think it, it can only go one way, and that's better because it's already bad. So, I mean, I, I'm open to any, I'm open to anything. So we'll see what happens. Yep. Um, there's something else I wanted to mention. I can't remember what it is now. Gosh, I can't remember what it is now. What are you gonna do? Drawing blanks, Joe. Drawing blanks. What are you gonna do? What What are you gonna do? No more topics. Nothing else you want to talk about. We had a full slate of shows today, and you were over here. Oh, the, the one thing I do want to mention. Yes, I remember. Remember it now as I open my phone because I closed my phone with this particular piece of news on it. Um. So, so we all know how things become law, right? Right, because Congress passes the laws; they make laws. Right, that's why they call them legislatures or, or law- lawmakers. Or lawmakers. That's generally how this goes, and it's been it's you know it's it's said to be longstanding tradition that presidents and the Supreme Court can't make laws on their own. It's the Congress that makes the laws through the House and through the Senate. Then it gets sent to the president; he signs it into law. The Supreme Court is supposedly there to interpret. Uh, what these laws mean and how that stands with 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 uh, prior laws and statute and whatnot, and the president is supposed to uh, effectively uh, enforce those laws through or these execute or them. execute these laws and through various agencies. Right? That's that's the tradition. That's what's supposed to be the deal. Well, not well. That, of course, we know that hasn't been the case for a very long time. I mean, I'm preaching to the choir here, but just context. So. Uh, the Biden administration is announcing a new so-called ghost gun rule, uh, and also he's going to be naming a new ATF uh, nominee because the last Which will one will surely be terrible. Because the last one what wasn't so hot. If you is there been I mean. is there been a good ATF director like well, it's like one because like it one be that abolished. even like one that even gun nuts go hey man he wasn't too bad yeah I don't think you know it's like it's like putting Wayne LaPierre on the ATF it's like <laughs> that is the greatest oxymoron. <laughs> Although, although Wayne Lapierre is not as pro-gun as you would think, but anyway. Well, a, well, a name like that, how can you be pro that, pro-gun? a little fruity to you? Well, it's a little fruity, <laughs> yeah, right? All right, so uh, so summarizing the, uh, this afternoon's press conference in the Rose Garden, President Biden and the Justice Department announced new steps at regulating, uh, regulating unserialized 80% lower kits. The new rule 
published by the Justice Department, requires manufacturers of 80% lower kits to include serial numbers. Gun shops will be forced to conduct background checks for anyone wanting to purchase these kits. And of course, as Biden says, you know, it's going to save lives, reduce crime, and get more criminals off the streets. If you commit a crime with a ghost gun, expect federal prosecution. And then uh, the president picked up a an 80% lower of a pistol and w- waved it around like it was some dangerous weapon. Um, Even though it's just uh, it's just the it's the guts of of a gun, basically. Is... Well, it's so uh, the lower is basically just the handle. Yes. And so what what happens is is that like I am, I I know a lot about these particular firearms because I happen to um, own one. Not own one, but I happen to know where one is. Um, you know, for some guns, especially like the Sig Sauer series, like the P320, they're all everything about that gun is interchangeable. You can put new barrels and new trigger uh, assemblies, and you can swap it out for a different frame or a lower. In this case, it's which where, where you hold the gun, where the magazine goes in at the bottom. That's what a lower is. And somehow, by putting serial numbers on these, it's going to stop crime. Because criminals follow the law, it's yeah. so insanely stupid. Like the the we the, the the gun control argument has been done to death, and it's been done so well by so many different people. The fact that you're going to put more laws on something in effort to stop crime doesn't work because criminals, by definition, don't follow the law. And furthermore, um, the president can't cannot make legislation. Furthermore. The president can't just decide on new rules. He can't just decide that you're going to be federally prosecuted if you purchase or have possession of a lower or a piece of a gun that doesn't have a serial number on it. I'm sorry, but that's a violation of, sec- of the Second Amendment. That's if you if you want that as a rule, you got to go through Congress. Because if you're going to prosecute someone, there has to be existing established law. There has to be a precedent. For a precedent. It. Now, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a legal scholar. But this is this is pretty basic stuff. Like any like any judge would tell you, hey, you know, you know, you know, unless there's legal statute, unless there's precedent, we can't do anything because if it's not a law, it's not a law. And so, um, and how exactly they're going to determine what is 80% of a lower and what not, how they're going to determine these things, is so, it's it's beyond arbitrary. It's, it's, it's not even worth writing a law over this. And so, of course, the, the greatest member of the House, Thomas Massey, took to the Tweety. Um, the Constitution does Falls not... on Twitter, by the way. There you go. The Constitution does not authorize the federal government to prevent you from making your own firearm. <laughs> this is a fact that has been recognized for 200-plus years. Also... Article 1, Section 1, literally the first operative uh, sentence in the Constitution says the POTUS, says Congress makes laws, not POTUS. So I hope that that uh, that states, that state Supreme Courts and even the Supreme Court will take up this case because there obviously will be lawsuits, hopefully from the NRA, yeah. hopefully from all these so-called gun nuts out there who will take this up and say, hey, president can't make a law furthermore this is a violation of the first amendment because what this essentially is doing with 80 percent lowers is you uh assembling firearms is you saying hey i bought this gun i don't like the way the grip feels in my hand but i like this i like the trigger mechanism i like the way it feels in my i like the just like the way it looks but i want a little bit of a bigger handle or i want a smaller handle or whatever or if you 
want to customize and you want to buy all the, all the parts for your gun and assemble it yourself, which right. is very popular. People like Extremely to do popular. that. So um, that's basically what it is. And that is a violation of the First Amendment. This will do nothing to stop crime. This will do nothing to stop so-called gun violence or gang violence. Because the people who use guns and gang violence are not swapping out trigger mechanisms. They're not swapping out for a better, uh, for a better handle that feels, that feels best to them. P- those criminals don't do those things, right? They buy stolen guns. They acquire stolen guns. They're not going after the most aesthetically pleasing, the ones that feel best for them. They don't do that. Well, even furthermore, I don't think, I don't think they're directly talking about um, gang violence. I think they're talking about more about the school shooters and the people that 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 do crime in in um, more like domestic settings, right? The people that shoot up a mall or something like that. Um, how many of those? How many of the school shooters? Just find me and people who listen to the show who are like, "Oh, I'm I'm for this law, Jacob. I think it'll save lives." Okay, find me how many. How many of these high-profile mass shooters acquired their weapon through methods that Biden is banning? Find me one. Or trying to regulate. Or how will this law have prevented those accidents? If you can find me one example where it's like, oh, this guy uh, built his weapon and used a ghost gun um, lower in his assembly, and by banning this, that would have stopped it? Okay, points. But... Find me one, please. Well, it's like too like the the argument around the sawed-off shotgun. You know, if you go up and shoot up a school with a sawed-off shotgun, does that make the crime worse? Well, because yeah, because technically, selling a shotgun with a barrel that's too short is, is illegal. Right, but 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 the fact that the barrel is shorter than what's approved doesn't make the the crime any more heinous. It's, I mean, you still shut up a kid. You still shut up a school full of kids. But they they make the it argument. Doesn't make any difference. They make the argument that uh, having a shorter barrel, you do more damage in a sh- in a smaller but, space. But, no, I, I agree. But, it's it's, but, it's but, dumb. You you want to talk about trying to thread a needle? That doesn't make any sense. Well, it's like you could tell. You could ask these people, um, these the the, the these dumb people who. No, uh, no. Who say that you know we have to ban high capacity magazines? But yeah, I'm completely, completely, completely cool with a guy having a Glock and ten different pistol magazines, uh, which you know you can. You, do you do you know how long it takes you to reload a Glock? If you've done some training, if you've done some training, long. five seconds tops. Less than that, if, you're, um, if you know what you're doing. So you know the the high capacity. Uh, argument I think is dumb because even even if you say hey we should ban high capacity magazines for AR-15s and you want to limit the limit to, to ten okay cool what stop the the devil's advocate here what's stopping someone from buying a five or six ten round magazines and putting them in their jacket pocket and doing the same crime you, you know um, will they be able to do as much damage no te- te- technically no but you're not preventing them from going and in, in, in doing, the doing crime in the that. First place. You're just you're. Well, I mean, so if you want to limit to the AR-15 to ten round magazines, so you would have a total of eleven rounds, ten in the magazine, one in the chamber. Uh, I think a lot of these people fail to realize that a lot of modern handguns, especially like Glock, Six Sauer, can carry up to seventeen rounds in one magazine. So seventeen plus one, so eighteen. So what you've done nothing. You've done nothing. 
and uh, in a in a in a handgun in a close quarters environment is probably more effective than uh, an AR-15 would be. Um, that's just me. I'm not that I'm not giving anyone any advice, but you know, if you get, that, that's where that's where uh, a lot of liberals and people on the left just don't know anything about firearms. They don't know. Um, you know, they they don't know enough about what which firearms to use that, that cause the most damage. They just don't know any of that. Yeah. They see, oh, I saw I saw that gun in, in Black Ops, and it's big and it's black and it's scary. Ban it. That's all they know. They don't know that. Hey, there are other guns that are way older that use ammunition that's way more powerful than a two two three two two three or five five six. Well, it's way more like, powerful ammunition out there than that. Well, it's like if you were to show someone a picture of an M1 Garand. And a 22 caliber AR-15, the average noob, and they'd say, "Oh, well, the 22, the 22 AR-15 is definitely more more dangerous." It looks scarier. Um, it's never mind the fact that a a M1 Garand, even a 223 or 556 uh, um, AR-15, the bullet comparison between that and what an a M1 Garand shoots is not even the same. It's two different categories. Two different categories of uh, damage, of damage, and and, and rifle. And the fact that, um, you know, man, people are like, we shouldn't have weapons of war on the streets. Find me one war where the standard issue rifle for the U.S. military was an AR-15, and I will take back all of my comments <laughs> on guns. Find me, find me one veteran um, who fought in the last twenty years who was like, yeah, yeah, standard issue, man, AR-15, Colt, right? Yeah, Smith and Wesson, Colt, um, AR-15. That that's what I was given on the battlefield. Um, you won't. Because you'll quickly you won't find, find, out. find now. Someone's like, oh well, you know this this small uh, terrorist sect used AR-15. No, no, I'm talking about standard issue, Mil- like weapons of war, military. weapons of war, standard issue rifles and in munitions. Uh, no one, in fact, you, in fact, you get our benches at finding um, pistols that you can use because uh, you know most uh, when when now the when now, when now the military uses um, six hours, but. You know, most most police officers use um, Glocks. That's, that's a pretty much standard issue for most police officers. And you, you, you're going to call that a, wep- a, wep- a, wep- a weapon of war um, because, you know, well, you know, our, our men and women use six hours. Are we not allowed to have that because that's technically a weapon of war? These labels are stupid. These arguments are stupid. Um, I, I have I have fun going going at people or challenging people whenever they they say something stupid because doesn't take much to just poke holes in their argument but well it's funny too because there's this one twitter handle i forget what his name is it's like iraqi marine or marine uh yeah iraqi yeah this is this guy who's who's big on gun control this is right he's he's supposedly a veteran who was there on the battlefield and uh he's saying you know weapons of war like the ar-15 should not be on the streets well dude you of all people should know that AR-15s were not used in, in the warfare. Yeah, well, um, after every single major shooting, he always says, "Well, you know, I've seen these weapons in action across across in the, in the Middle East, and no one should own them." Like, no, you haven't, because you were not using an AR-15. You were using an M4. You were using M16. Um, M16s in in the uh, Middle East. And no, no U.S. soldier has ever been standard issued an AR-15. It hasn't happened. 
So stop, because the AR-15, for those who don't know, is a civilian issue yeah. rifle. It, it, it's not. It's the civilian a model of what the military uses. And and AR does not stand for assault rifle. Yes, it's it does. Ar- it's, it's armor it light. It stands for assault rifle 15. Because <laughs> that name just rolls That's right a bit on the, the nose. Once yeah. you think the, the manufacturer's like, all right, guys, we got a new rifle out. What are we going to call it? Assault rifle 15. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Go for it. <laughs> Done. All right. Well, I think that's it for tonight or for today. Um, today and tonight. Today and tonight. So thanks for listening, everyone. Please join the website. Shoot us some Patreon money every month. It's only five bucks. I mean, who doesn't have five bucks a month that they can give to two lowly, uh, unloved, unappreciated folks on the internet? And look, and if you don't have five bucks, that's, that is still that is still no excuse. Right. Still no excuse. I'm sure you can find that account. I'm sure you can find the couch cushions. I'm sure you cannot go get a nasty coffee from Starbucks, and you can instead you can give it to me. That's right. So don't don't support people that hate you. I don't hate you. I don't. We we love you. I I don't I don't know if I would say I love you, but I don't hate you, and that's more that you can ask. No, I love it. I I love every person that listens to this show, even though I don't I don't know them, but I I send them I send them hearts of love. You get getting a little weird. Send them. Um, I if send you want them. to further extend your appreciation and adulation to us, please uh, uh, consider buying a T-shirt. Go, go check out the Teespring store. Get you a coffee mug, a sticker, a, a, a T-shirt, whatever. Um, check out Jacob Substack. He's always putting out great uh, content out there, uh, except for some of his music takes here recently. I've been a little. Uh, a little, a little on the, uh, a little on the, uh, the scale of zero. Uh, but that's, are you feeling a strong zero on this one? But that's a topic for another day. Um, I am putting my link tree. I, I keep, I've been meaning to do this, but there is a, there is a Jacob Standard's link tree out there, which is great because it has all of your stuff in, in one link. I'll put that in the description of all these podcasts for now on. Um, if you click on it, just for case in point, you have my – hold on. I'll pull it back up. You have the Stating Brothers show, which just brings you to – I think it's the Podbean or yeah, – so, yeah, so it brings you to the official RSS feed for the Podbean, the YouTube channel, my Substack, my Twitter account, my Patreon. The Patreon. The, the Patreon, the T-shirts, and then my album of the year profile. I did add that there so you can go read my music reviews and just kind of whatever I'm listening to and giving thoughts on – there, so you can see my my one one hundred percent accurate takes on music and art, um, and then well, you can follow me well, there. Well, that 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 that's a for for we'll that. that. Um, so yeah, that's and then give us a give us a ten or five stars 10. on uh, on give the on the Spotify and on the Apple, uh, and we'll be back on Friday. It may or may not be both of us. We'll see. We're gonna play that one fast and loose, so we'll see what happens. Uh, but it, I'm sure it'll be fun as Christmas always. Time. Until then, folks, you know, bye.